Excel Podcast. I am your host, Christina Alexander. My guest today is a young, multi-talented, go-getter, voice of the youth. She is passionate about helping to develop well-rounded individuals in the classroom, as well as on the court, the field. This episode will unpack the mindset of a go-getter, why one superpower just isn't enough, and I'm telling you, she has more than one, and how to transform from one industry to another. So my guest, a former West Georgia women's basketball player, entrepreneur in starting her own nonprofit organization, Free Game Program. She's a writer, editorial assistant for numerous outlets, and currently charting the charts with her music. Please welcome Bree Singleton. What's going on? How you doing? What an incredible bio. Thank you. You literally hit everything. That's incredible. Listen, I'm just trying to make sure my listeners understand what this episode <laughs> is going to bring and how they can literally tap in to all the amazing things that you've done. And I, that bio was just a brief snippet, but I want to kind of get right into it because as we get kind of into the, the meat of this episode, I definitely want to mm-hmm. hone in on some of the amazing things that you're doing currently at this moment. So let's start from the beginning. How did basketball, sure. how did you find basketball or did basketball find mm-hmm. you? <laughs> I think it was a little bit of both, right? So, uh, I was three years old, um, and I, I just remember being that age and seeing Space Jam for the first time. And two things really stuck out to me about it. I was like, man, the sport of basketball looks so fun, and then this soundtrack is so fire. So, like, it was literally just as easy as that. Like, you know, being young and impressionable like that, that movie really uh, made an impact on me, and it was up from there. Not Space Jam. Now, now I'm going to date myself. <laughs> <laughs> Space Jam, like... That's a classic. So for all of you who don't know, let's just go ahead and rewind that one. Go back and watch that. Okay, so if if, if Space Jam was that was that thing, that memory, that moment, mm-hmm. who was the biggest influence in your sport, like on your journey? Ooh, I, I can say really, really early on, Allen Iverson had a really big impact on me as well, to the point where I felt like I could physically be him. Like, he was just so cool, and he had the swagger on and off the court, um, and he was just so, so good, and, you know, all of his peers respected him, and so uh, on my journey, um, you know, him really, really early on definitely influenced me as well, and then, you know, growing up and going to, um, you know, Atlanta Dream got founded pretty early in my, my childhood. So being able to go to those games and see those women play, um, it was all super, super inspiring. Listen, I'm a listen when AI, I don't I think maybe <laughs> now maybe he's getting his flowers, but I don't really think people really grasp like AI was that guy. I think AI might be the, the Jordan for the generation before us. And I'm and I think absolutely I'm a bit absolutely you, so. No, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I I had the cornrows going back. I used to wear the headband. Like I used to cut my socks and put my arm through it, like it was an arm sleeve and everything. He was, he was that guy. He was on that crossover. (laughs) Had me hooked. Had us all hooked. It didn't matter what move we was doing. Just crossover. We're good, coach. I got this. (laughs) Okay, so on the Here K Tell podcast, which is where we are, we highlight the transitions from sport to career. And it's my, it's what I love to really share is how that comes to form. So summarize Mm -hmm. for us your transition from high school to college. Sure. I don't know if I said thank you for having me on here um, already, but I do want to say that I really a pleasure to be here. But yeah, that, that transition is always super interesting, right? Because um, for me, I'd been playing with really, really high level athletes uh, from the time that I was maybe like 10 11 12 um so much so that a lot of them are still in the WNBA right now 
And so I'm getting, you know, I'm building character at that time. I'm getting my brains beat in. These are these are really, really good uh, competitors. And um, so in my high school years, I'm playing against the Lexi Browns, the Diamond De Shields, the Kayla Davises um, of the world. And, you know, so that's making me better. Um, but, you know, I'm still 5'2". I was like 100 pounds soaking wet at the time. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going out and during the AAU season, I'm having to fight for mine. You know what I mean? And so uh, just being one of those those players that, you know, grinded. I, I, defense was my priority. Uh, I made sure that it was tough on everybody anytime they had the ball around me. Um, ultimately, I caught a coach's eye literally in the last uh, tournament toward the end of my junior year in Augusta, Georgia. Um, and I ended up um, being offered from the University of Montevallo. Um, and I committed really, really early my junior year. Um, and uh, so I committed then. And it was uh, just by the grace of God, because eight games into my senior year, I tore my ACL. And so I had signed my letter um, of intent already and everything like that. So, you know, thank God it ended up being a blessing that I was okay. I was able to just, you know, I didn't get to play out my senior year how I wanted to. Um, but I was able to, to rehab and everything and be back in time to go to college um, on, on a scholarship. And so that was definitely, um, um, you know, that was a tough time for me, but it definitely, you know, showed me that, you know, my steps were ordered and, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, um, you know, from there, uh, you want me to keep talking about uh, college? The transition uh, is important. Folks, yeah. folks forget, so, <laughs> they tend to forget about the process. And, and yeah, no, this is, <laughs> it was a process. Yeah. So, so I end up at the University of Montevallo. Um, and like I said, I'm super thankful for that opportunity and for the, the people that I met there. Um, didn't end up being um, a scenario that was conducive to my, uh, journey, my mental health, my, just where I wanted to be in life, right, and so at the time, you know, transferring, it, there was no transfer portal, you know what I mean, there was no, right, you know what I'm saying, sexy, cute, or, no. no, it was actually like, yo, if you transfer, you're taking a really, really huge risk on your, your, yourself and your career, and, and at the time, my parents had to make me really really aware of that because again I'm five at the time five to 100 pounds so I didn't have a lot of offers I didn't have I got one offer and I took it you know what I mean so I really didn't know what the market out there was for somebody with my skill set and so you know that was at the time that I really had to to step into my faith as an individual and you know read the signs that God was giving me and and you know make my first big girl decision um and decide to to transfer um, and so at that time, like I said, no transfer portal. So I'm having to go out to different, um, universities and try out literally like you're back in high school or like you're back in AAU season and, um, tried out, uh, for a couple schools. Uh, I think I did Valdosta. Um, I don't know if I, I did a Clark, uh, workout, but anyway, um, ended up working out at the university of West Georgia. Um, and man, I tell you, I had the best, uh, tryout of my life, <laughs> had the best tryout of my life that day. Um, ended up, um, getting to know the coach and the program, the staff and everything like that. They ended up offering me, um, actually I came over kind of on a package deal with one of my teammates from Montevallo, Taylor Beverly. She was a superstar. And, uh, we both came over uh, to the university of West Georgia in 2014. And, um, I finished out my career there. Um, but it was definitely a, a, a process. Um, I love the word that you, you used. Um, it was a growing up point for me as an individual um you know and just talking to some of the kids today about how they see it it's just so different it's just so different so um you know I think everybody's has a different 
you know, path. There are multiple pathways. Um, and, you know, I'm never going to be mad at more options. But um, definitely a time to consider the voices in your ear during that time and your priorities and what you're trying to accomplish because it can get really, really sticky for those uh, student athletes out there. But thankful um, it worked out for me. And, um, yeah, thank you for asking. Absolutely. Listen, this is what it's about. I think oftentimes we have relatable stories, maybe at different time frames, different gates. But ultimately, we are faced with adversity. And when we are, what is your approach mentally, emotionally, physically? And, and like you just mentioned, when you talk to the youth today, when you talk to these young people, you really have to break it down for them that, listen, I may be here today, but it was no, there's no silver spoons. There was no, mm. there was no easy road, you know, hit that button and then we're just there. And I think you just kind of no. touched upon different things, talking about injury, talking about not knowing what's next, not having that clear cut path, understanding that your parents are like, listen, uh, you know, we're probably not good. Right? Mm-hmm. We're not trying to pay for school. So let's make sure that we No, we're not trying to. We're absolutely not going, not to. going to. Right. <laughs> and we'll shout out to mom and dad for being honest. Absolutely. That. And, you know, my next question is, you know, but what was the hardest lesson? But I want you to kind of I want you to kind of break that down, peel that layer back a little bit the lesson that was hardest learned for you are you still using that today Ooh, man that's a great question um the hardest lesson that i had to learn and am i still using that today um i will i will say that absolutely in my life that that moment of me transferring schools was so incredibly impactful for me because that type of adversity where it was where I could only listen to myself and God has continued to present itself in my life. So, um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm in my dorm at Montevallo. Um, I'm not having a good time. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's tough on me. I'm away from home and you know, I'm, I'm a person of faith, obviously. And I, I get in my dorm room, I'm losing sleep over it. You know what I'm saying? It's two, three, four in the morning. I can't go to sleep. I'm praying about it. And, um, you know, that was something that stuck out to my parents. And I told my, my, my dad that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm losing sleep over this. And he was saying, okay, that's definitely a sign. You know what I'm saying? You need to explore that more. And that was when I realized, because mind you, he had, they had told me like, hey, we don't really have the capacity to help you pay for school. As a matter of fact, we've been putting all this into basketball for you so that you don't have to pay for school, which I understood. But like I said, it was a time where I had to step out on my own faith and say, hey, I'm going to take control of my future and, um, you know, what I'm going to do with it from here. So, um, like I said, I made it out of that situation. And um, so, you know, I, I finished college. Uh, right before my senior year, I got an internship at a uh, radio station in Atlanta, radio company, uh, four different radio stations. Um, super, super dope in- internship because I did ultimately want to work in radio. Um, so fast forward, finish that internship, go back to school, graduate, um, I don't have any uh, student loans, obviously, because I have my <laughs> my scholarship. So at this point, you know, it's not necessarily a, hey, you got to hurry up and go get a job. But I kind of wanted something that I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to be in a field that I wanted to be in. Um, and so that was taking a little bit of time. And so, you know, obviously go back to school because um, I did like school. I did like education. And I ended up, um, you know, connecting well with the people at University of West Georgia. And they offered me to graduate assistantship um, so that I could pursue my MBA. And, um, so that happened and literally a semester, I mean, excuse me, halfway into the semester. So like a month and a half later, I ended up getting a job at that radio station, 
um, as a promotions coordinator. Um, so Hot 107.9 in Atlanta. Um, Radio 1 is the company, but Hot 107.9, Magic 107.5, 97.5, Praise, and Classics. And, man, it was the dopest job ever. Dopest, dopest job. So I'm, like, 22, you know what I'm saying? And I'm getting to meet all my favorite artists, and I'm getting to work in radio, the job, the field that I wanted to work in. Um, I ended up, you know, finessing my way on on air uh once i get into a place i like to you know move around a little bit see what's going on what's moving shaking um yeah yeah Yeah, see what all we can tap into and i ended up on air for two years with uh my brother ed long jr um and we did lit nights with ed on praise 1025 so i got a, a bit of that radio experience that i really really wanted um and then um you know let's get back to that adversity right so the pandemic hits mm. And um, I get furloughed from Radio 1. Um, if you're listening out there, you're a student athlete, you don't know what, what furloughed is. That means we're not firing you, but pretty much we can't pay you, so you're pretty much fired. Um, and so that's how that went. And that was a big shock because, like I said, this is my dream job. Like, I'm having a blast here. Um, and let me tell you, I'll get even deeper into it with you guys. So, mind you, it's my dream job. But the go-getter in me is also like, you know, what else can I accomplish? And at the time, the Atlanta Falcons had a position that I was kind of interested in. Um, And I kid you not, I'm on my way to my third interview. And uh, I had a buddy on the inside. He called me up and said, hey, turn back around. Don't come to the interview. The pandemic is happening. They don't feel safe with you guys coming in. We'll reschedule it, you know, on Zoom or something like that. Boom, boom, boom. And so that, uh, that rescheduling never happened. That rescheduling never happened. Um, so I w- ended up being unemployed for a year, right? Mind you, I'm at home with my parents still at the time, by the grace of God. Um, my parents, man, talking about the goats. But uh, so out, yeah, I'm wait, at home. Shout out to mom and dad because I like to make sure that we give people their flowers. Here. Absolutely. Mom and dad's oh. Shout them out. Come on. Latavis and Joseph Singleton, man, super imperative in my growth as as a human being. There's no way I'm as well-rounded an individual as, um, you know, exposed and experienced an individual had it not been for their guidance and wisdom and their their toughness at at times um, and making me just aware of how real the world is. Um, because, you know, like I said, these lessons don't go away. They keep repeating themselves over and over again. And I was able to take the lessons that they taught me at 18 and apply them again at 25. You know what I mean? So... Um, and it's so funny because, you know, that conversation, uh, shout out to my dad, man, it came back around and it's like, Hey, you know, mind you during the pandemic, I'm hustling, you know what I know? I'm not just, you know, sitting down. So I ended up making t-shirts, um, out of my parents' basement and, you know, I was able to buy a car off that, that money. So I'm, I'm definitely getting it, but the full-time position hadn't, hadn't come in. I actually took a fellowship, um, with a company called uh, fansided. Um, to get my writing chops up a little bit more because I saw, you know, radio was kind of in an interesting position with the pandemic. So, hey, Space Jam, I want to do something with sports. I want to do something with music. Let's see what the sports has going on for me. So they gave me a a fellowship. They liked me. Um, And uh, so it's still part time at the time. And my my dad's like, all right, like, you know, might be time to go get a little, you know, Wendy's, little Target, little, you know, saying something else to to help you out um, because that full time position is not coming. And I understood, like, I definitely understood, but that was another one where I had to reach back and say, like, hey, like, my faith in myself and and what God is telling me, like, I don't think that's for me. Like, I really don't think that's for me. It's not that I'm too good. It's just that I think my talents are better served 
elsewhere. Um, and lo and behold, like right after that, I ended up getting um, offered a job with The Athletic um, as a social media associate. And uh, that's what I do now, um, present day. So I've been there since 2021. Um, but yeah, I get to create social media content um, about sports uh, from my home. <laughs> like it doesn't really get any better than that. And I, I leveled up. I made more money. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not working as, as crazy hours as I was because I was killing it at the station. I would work. I would work like 9.30 to like 6.30 and then come back and do like 10.30 to like 1 a.m. for the radio station. So I was, I was, man, I was going hard. Um, So to end up coming out of that or having that being taken away from me just to propel me into something better, I, I can't stress how much of a story there is in that and just, you know, sticking to whatever you believe in and, and trusting how hard of a, how, how hard you are willing to work. Because had I not been as hard of a worker as I was, I wouldn't have trusted myself with gambling on my life like that. You know what I mean? Like you're sitting at home without a full time job like that's you really you're kicking it. You know what I'm saying? My parents are also like, hey, you know, you got to make something happen. But like I said, the ultimate faith and ultimate belief in, in where you're supposed to be and what you're going to be doing and the work you're willing to put in to get to that. Um, I think that's what all has, has brought me to this present moment right here. Ooh, we love the love the storytelling in the mindset of a go-getter because you just you just outlined literally the cause and effect what happened mm. what wasn't happening what you were going through thinking you know when you're down when you're up when you're sideways and then really bringing mm-hmm. in that support system because i often like to share with our listeners you need a support system don't kid Absolutely. yourself you're not going anywhere singular and so Absolutely. i appreciate you sharing that mm. Okay, so yeah. the, 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 the real question that I want to know from a personal uh, perspective, mm-hmm. is one superpower enough? Because I feel like you have two or three, but I'm going to let you tell <laughs> I, I I think we all have two or three, honestly. Um, I think, obviously, yes, I do believe I have multiple. Um, I think I'm still figuring them out. I think, I think every day I'm introduced to something else and I'm just like, hey, let's see what happens if I try that. Or like, what if I put my spin on it? Um, but ultimately I, I, I think, like I said, on person of faith, we're all creations. Right. And I think our task on earth is to create. And, um, I feel like it's our responsibility because, you know, there's destruction out there. Right. And there has to be balance in the earth. So we have to replenish on the creative side, you know what I'm saying? To combat that destruction so that we can at least come out balanced. You know what I mean? So I think it's on us ultimately to, you know, of course, yes, work to sustain ourselves, but work to create something, to inspire somebody, to build something. I think that's ultimately what our purpose on life is. And, and you know, I, like I said, I feel like everybody might have two or three if we, you know, if we try our hand at a couple of different things. But, yeah, I ultimately, I ultimately see myself with a little repertoire over here myself. That was the nugget drop, people. If you did not catch that, that was the nugget drop. So talk about some of the routines that have given you that edge that you have live through and are still living through like what's some what are some of those routines because our listeners are mm. like all right cool she got a dope story i'm listening i'm tapped in i i i, I don't googled her already but i think <laughs> it's important when we identify specifically what has worked for you man okay so um i think i think a lot of people might see my story and a lot of my um my deterrents aren't necessarily external, right? So a lot for me, a lot of stuff, yeah, stuff happens to me, but a lot of the battles that I go through are internal, right? And so for me, mental health has been a big thing. 
Um, and so I can definitely feel a switch in my, I've always, I feel like been pretty wise, but I feel like after the pandemic, um, I started therapy and I became way more self-aware. Um, I became way more cognizant of the effect that I can have on people or, you know, that people can have on me. Um, and so when you talk about routines and things that I do to kind of, you know, maintain, um, therapy has definitely been one introduced in the last three years now that has, man, has taken my life to the next level. Um, I'll be honest, I'm, I, I've been diagnosed with uh, several different things. So, um, we can start with social anxiety, which is a trip, right? Because it wouldn't, it wouldn't seem that way, but yeah, social phobia, general anxiety, uh, ADHD, uh, panic disorder, right? And so these are things that I didn't necessarily know what to call them, you know what I'm saying, until I sought help, you know, but I had to get to a point where it was like, hey, this is going to keep recurring in your life until you do something about it. And so uh, therapy was a thing that I did something about, you know, I was able to be on medication right now. I'm not afraid to say it, um, but I do. I'm a big proponent of mental health, big proponent of therapy, just because it it, is maintenance on your body, right? You take care of everything else. Like at the end of the day, you come home, you take a shower, you make sure you're clean, you make sure you've eaten, you know what I'm saying? You make, you're taking care of your body. You got to take care of your mind. You got to take care of your soul, your spirit. Um, So just making sure um, I'm well-rounded in those areas, uh, routine, routine, exercise, um, keeps my mind super, super clear. Um, you know, and ultimately we got one body, you know, I'm saying one life. I want to take care of mine the best that I can, um, eating, eating as best I can. Um, and then routine and just being genuine, like it's hard to do, you know what I'm saying? Well, actually, I don't think it's hard to do, but to show up every day and just try it to be the best. It is a conscious choice that you have to So execute. that is my, that's my routine. That is my routine. Showing up consciously, trying to have a positive impact Ooh. and, you know, letting the chips fall where they may from there. Oh, I appreciate you, sister, for sharing. The mental health piece <laughs> is such the elephant in the room, but not really. Mm. And I And I love it the way that you describe it as every day we get up we take showers we do our hair we do our nails we get our car tuned up we get that oil change we cut the grass but we often forget about our mental and I too Mm -hmm. am a proponent of seeing someone with expertise because people don't like to call them therapists listen somebody that's not your mother your brother your sister your girlfriend your whoever your bff see someone that can really help you unpack the age you are now and and going backwards and then helping you continue to move forward. So shout out um, to those folks who really understand um, the importance of mental health and how it affects, especially folks that look like us, sound like us and are doing dope things. So shout out to you. See this? Absolutely, man. Listen, if you didn't write that down again, if I had like that (laughs) Funk Master Flex bomb, that would have been the nugget. That was, that was it. Okay. That was totally it. Okay. So That's dope. you are, okay. So you're doing a lot of things. You're not only a musician, because I'd want to, you know, musically, you are inclined, you're a content <laughs> creator, but you also started your nonprofit organization. I want you to tap into that a little bit because you are the first individual that I've had on here that is do is that's in that space. And like I said, sure. you're young. You don't have to be old. You don't have to be an old white man to to have a nonprofit. Like, I think (laughs) that's the stereotype. But talk a little bit about Free Game Program. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for for acknowledging it. Yeah, Free Game is my baby, right? So I um, actually had the idea for it back in 2018 while I'm at the radio station. Uh, I'll never forget it. I'm like, oh, this is genius. Like, why don't we have somebody 
you know what I'm saying, helping kids do everything they need to do to get to where they need to be. Like, that just seems so obvious to me. But, you know, I had to work on how fitting it all together naturally would work. And so I ended up with um, a nonprofit organization called Free Game Program. Um, Free Game is, man, I just, the name was awesome. You know what I'm saying? Because that's definitely what I feel like I'm giving. Um, just taking my story, my testimony that I've just given here, quite frankly, and spreading it to, to as many people as I can. Um, and so the goal of Free Game is to help develop the all-around student-athlete, right? So I feel like if you're if you have a body, you have an, you're an athlete, right? So I read, uh, I read, uh, Phil Knight's book, uh, Shoe Dog, right? Oh, and that's listen, the, the... I work, listen, he's a Nike <laughs> fan, so go on. Go yeah, on no, me too, me going, too. Okay, okay, cool. So yeah, I read Phil Knight's book, Shoe Dog. If you haven't read it, that's the, uh, the founder of Nike. That's his, uh, like an autobiography pretty much. Um, and he says in the book, if you have a body, you're an athlete. And that's how Nike approached selling their shoes to people, right? Because that's how I believe it too. Like if you have a body... You know, you got to take care of it like an athlete would. Um, you got to remind me where I was. There's all this talking and rambling, man. Talk about, that, <laughs> the ADHD. Talk about that free game program. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I had the idea for it. Um, but I wasn't able to really get it started until the pandemic when I was unemployed. Right? So, this is how God works. Um, so, during that time... Um, Obviously, I have a lot of time on my hands. And so I'm like, all right, well, um, at the time, student athletes were having their careers pretty much like shut off. Right. So the pandemic happens. Hey, your season's over. I don't know if you got a scholarship or what, but sorry, you got to figure it out. Right. And they ended up going back and, you know, correcting some of those things. But still, at at that present moment it was a shock factor for a lot of student athletes, right? And I could empathize with it because when I was in school, there were a lot of student athletes who were literally solely about their sport, right? I'm a football player, that's it. I don't even really care about school. I don't really care about, you know, any of that stuff. I'm a football player, right? And, you know, ultimately that ball stops bouncing, whether it be a football, basketball, soccer ball, whatever, you don't know anybody who's done that literally until the end of their life. Right. And so that was a moment that a lot of the kids at that time during the pandemic were learning in real time. Um, and that process of preparing yourself for life after sports was something that I felt like I took really, really seriously, um, my whole life because I never saw myself as like solely in one area or like only a basketball player or only this or only that I never saw myself as that so I knew once I graduate this chapter of my life is likely over you know what I'm saying as far as playing um of course one day I'll ultimately coach and all that other stuff but as far as playing I knew that that was over with um and so I wanted to help other student athletes who were being affected at that time build a more healthy athletic identity and you know be become a more well-rounded individual outside of their sport. Um, and so I found that a nonprofit was the way I wanted to go with it. Um, so I built free game up. Um, and, uh, so right now I tutor, um, kids, I, co- I train them. Um, I get the mental health help shit they needed. All the things that helped me get to where I am. I try to be that resource, be that source of knowledge as someone who's been there and lived it and looks a little more relatable. Like you said, you know, speaks like them, looks like them. 
um, and can get them to understand it from a perspective that's not a parent or coach or teacher, you know what I'm saying? So I'm give them the real, you know what I mean? So free game. Um, so that's why I call it that. Um, it's my baby now. I've been working on it for three years. Um, super duper proud of it. Um, and yeah, man, I just, I just take, uh, take children and our future really seriously. And I'm, I'm glad to pour into individuals, you know, who want to hear it, you know? Now folks, we're going to put all that info in the, in the bio and, and that way you can <laughs> click on that and support whether you are in a or not just something that again is for our youth to really help them understand that the resources are there so i appreciate you sharing that dope dope and then dope some more Uh, (laughs) so you kind of answered you know what advice would you give someone that has just realized that they're more than their basketball identity because oftentimes as athletes as you just explained for some reason that just that life you just begin to think what who am i outside of that the sooner we realize the sooner consciously and subconsciously that we understand that there's more out there we begin to start the process of going to get it so just kind of you know shorten up what advice would you give someone that's like wait a minute that resonated with me i am not Mm. my sport i'm not my track and field football basketball golf you know bowling whatever it may be Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think it's important to explore that. Um, I think, um, well, from my experience, my my parents got me involved in a lot early, like from the time I before I was 10 years old, I probably touched two or three instruments, two or three sports. Um, I got into poetry, you know what I mean? Like it's it's that exposure early is super important, right? So if you're a parent listening, I would say definitely expose your kid to more things if you can um of course sports are are you know path passageways to to different opportunities but the other hobbies or the other passions that that they they might have there are also pathways to their happiness and their sustenance in those as well you know what i mean i I always tell people there's uh there's a million ways to do one thing right like there's a million ways to do one thing so you don't have to and I think it's even more important to explore the million ways, right? Because life has a way of, of taking your plans and kind of like balling them up and throwing them away. So being so tunnel vision on one thing, um, like I said, I just don't believe that we were created to fulfill one purpose. I feel like we come in contact with so many different people that it's important for us to explore um, and explore things, like I said, where we can be more creative, um, where we can create and, and connect with other people. Um, so yeah, man, I just, I just am a huge proponent of being a well-rounded. I think the more well-rounded we are, the more we can relate to each other, uh, the more we can do together, the more we can build and, and, you know, the farther we can take it. Ooh, listen, folks, come on. If you, if you're not just rewind it, she, she, this is free game. So yes, talk about our listeners are like tuned in, they tapped in. Yeah. What's one key takeaway you want our listeners to underline, bold, italicize about this episode, your story? Ooh. One thing that I would like listeners to walk away from today is to take the time to really get to know yourself. Um, I think our world moves so incredibly fast and there's so much information available to us. Like people are constantly inundating us with information and advertisements and music and tv and everything um but the biggest and most profound moments of clarity in my life have come when i'm 
alone and exploring what I truly believe and think about something. And it's like in those moments, everything has been revealed to me. Um, And I think I want everyone to know that, you know, there's power in knowing who you are. And you said something important earlier that I want to kind of bring back. Like, we can't know where we're going unless we know where we've been. So you got to go back and dig and find out who you really are and then figure out who you want to be and then figure out how to get there. Um, So, yeah, take some time to get to know yourself. People, I feel like we need to do it. See, I say this every single time. I feel like the first time my folks come on here, we just immediately need to do an episode two. So, you know, say less with that one. What's next for you, Bree? I know, again, we talked about free game program, but you are in the music industry. What's next? Yeah. Let our listeners know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going uh, full steam ahead into my music career. Um, so I have a single out. The name of that is Love Song. Um, and like I said, it just, the idea for that was just birthed out of me, you know, going out and hearing the music and not really liking what I hear. So I, I instead of being a, a critic, you know what I'm saying? I, I chose to create something and I'm proud of it. Um, so love song is out everywhere. You can stream that now. I go by Bree style when I'm making music, B R E dollar sign T Y L E. Uh, I'm performing in the Metro Atlanta area, um, you know, pretty consistently. Uh, so yeah, cop love song. I also have two more singles out flex and what, huh? Um, but I, I do feel like I'm an incredible writer. Um, I feel like what I'm making is not just rap. I feel like it's art. Um, I feel like what I'm doing with words is incredible. And I feel like my perspective needs to be heard at a time like now. Um, you know, I think it's important that I make music now um, to just provide balance. Provide balance from what I'm, from what we're hearing and what I would like to hear. Instead of, like I said, being a critic, I'll, I'll step out there on a, on a limb and create something and put it out and see if it resonates with people. And I think it, it will. So pre- appreciate any support, um, any love, and uh, any feedback as always. Absolutely, we finna put that out there. You ain't gotta worry about that. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree with you that music is art, and too often times it has unfortunately become more entertainment. But let's be real, mm. the true art of, of music writing poetry Mm. those are all art and so you know shout out to you know what you're continuing to do i love it i love it i love it so join us next week for a new guest a relatable story and the steps to execute the transition along your journey we here brie i appreciate you thank you so much for having me it's an honor